Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman. At The Reason We Learn, we aspire to be part of the solution. The purpose of this show is to take a good, honest, potentially painful look at the way kids are being educated. We know we can do better, and this is where we'll talk about how. Let's learn something. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm so happy you've joined me here today. Um, today, I have a special guest. I've got Nikki Truesdale joining me. If you're unfamiliar with her, I hope you will soon become an avid follower of her writings and her teachings because uh, she she does what I keep telling you, you, you all should be doing, which is homeschooling. Anyway, but let's let's get the housekeeping out of the way. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing so you can be notified when I make new content like this, when I have guests on for live videos, you can join us in the chat. And also like this broadcast and share this broadcast out so we can get more people joining us. It helps because sometimes you have wonderful questions and then we get to answer them in real time. Um, so... As you may know, the channel is geared towards finding solutions as well as exposing what's wrong with uh, education. And sometimes, unfortunately, we have to poke holes in some of the suggested solutions. Um, we don't like to do that. We like to uplift pos positive ideas, but sometimes we have to be critical because the problems became the problems because people were not critical enough. And we'll be talking about school choice today. So that is the controversial topic where we might poke some holes in a supposed solution. Who is Nikki? Well, Nikki is a second generation homeschooler. She's the author of the book, Anyone Can Homeschool. She's been a blogger for 13 years blogging about homeschooling, and she is a 22-year veteran of homeschooling herself as a homeschooling mom. She speaks at homeschool conferences. She publishes a series of American history books from primary sources. So if you're looking for that curriculum, you should definitely check out her website. And I'm so grateful that she's decided to join me today to discuss homeschooling and school choice. So with that in mind, please join me in welcoming Nikki Truesdale. Hi, how are you today? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, thank you for being here. I'm really excited because you're going to hit on two things very near and dear to my heart as far as topics, and that would be homeschooling and, of course, school choice. You know, Nikki, a lot of people think the two go hand in hand. They hear the term school choice and they think, oh, so we can get paid, we can get homeschooling paid for, right? Um, and of course, that's where you and I say, what? <laughs> so, um, but before we dive into that, if you could give the audience um, a quick overview of, you know, you say you're a second generation homeschooler. So what does that exactly mean? I mean, that means you were homeschooled, right? And now yes. you're homeschooling. Yes. But can you help us understand why your mom and dad decided to homeschool you? Because that a lot of people have this romantic notion of the good old days of public schooling. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> why would anyone have been homeschooled until today, you know, post-COVID? So tell us more. It is funny because I've thought that last, uh, I've thought that in the last few years, you know, people think education is just so out of control right now, but my mom and dad thought that in 1983, and that's when they took me and my sister out of public school. So 
But really, if you go back and think about your childhood, there was a lot of stuff happening in public school a long time ago. And it started becoming a problem for a handful of parents in the 70s and then more in the 80s. And so my parents were part of that 80s generation of homeschool parents. And they um, basically based this, this need on their own childhood, their own years in public school and said, you know, we're not going to do that. As soon as they found out that homeschooling existed and that it was possible, they said we can do it. And, and I always like to remind people, if they haven't heard our story, that my mom dropped out of high school at the age of 14 and never went back. She had me at the age of 14. So um, there is one parent who was a high school dropout. My dad only went to high school and dabbled with a few community college courses um, over the years. But these were two parents who did not have a degree in anything, much less a complete high school education. But they were encouraged by someone who said, you can do this. Anyone can do it because this is more than just being a certified teacher. You are a parent, you're equipped, and you're qualified. And right. so they did it. And um, 1983 was the first year that we homeschooled. And I loved it. And I never wanted anything different for my kids. And so when I became a mom, there, there was no question I was going to homeschool. And so I have been doing that for 22 years. And I have five kids who've never been to public school. So that's second generation homeschooling. And now I have a grandson and uh, look forward to him being the third generation. I think that's fantastic. And I'm really glad you shared that about your parents because I say that every day. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. tragically in, in my state in North Carolina, if you don't have a high school diploma, you're not permitted to homeschool. I know. There's not yourself. We don't have, have that in Texas, thankfully. Right. You have to, you know, either have a spouse or somebody who has a high school diploma or a person responsible for it. And they're pretty strict on who that can even be. Um, okay. You have to start getting into things like, you know, uh, co-ops and or um, micro schools otherwise. And I think it's so cruel because just like your parents, I know people personally who one woman who had a special needs daughter who was not being well served in the public school, even with an IEP, mm -hmm. even with a diagnosis of, of autism and so forth. And she's so smart, my friend, and she wanted to do it herself. She's like, I know my girl. I know what she needs. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, how to find information. She says, I have you, you're my friend. I know you'll help me mm -hmm. like all these things. And she says, they won't let me, they won't let me oh, move that moved to South Carolina. And then in South Carolina, they have an even weirder situation where you must be aligned with a one of the approved co-ops, mm. you know, under their banner. And you have to, and like, she's like, well, I, I can't find one that has space or that will want me and this and that. And she had other problems. And so people even still don't realize how much homeschooling already in many states is regulated and has been um, kind of, you know, the government's been like creeping, creeping yeah. in. Um, they certainly would like to get rid of all of us, wouldn't they? Oh, they would. <laughs> we do not toe the line. Yeah, and um, exactly. that's why I'm so adamantly against school choice. And I know we'll talk about this more in a little bit. But in Texas, there is no regulation for homeschoolers. There's just none. There is a slight um, 
I call it a suggestion in the Texas Education Code because it, it lays out five things that they want us to teach our kids. No one has ever been checked. You know, this is not a requirement that you have to report to anyone or that anyone checks on. But it's just a, a few basic subjects. Um, but we have absolute freedom in Texas. And I remember when we didn't. And that's that's something that a lot of the people who are pushing school choice or the new homeschoolers, the newer generation of homeschoolers, they don't understand. There was a time when homeschooling wasn't a choice. It was not one of the choices. You either had public or private. And people like my parents fought for that freedom so that now it is a choice. But it took a lot of people getting arrested and a lot of people marching and going to state capitol and basically forcing this issue so that we had choice. And thankfully, we got some of the best homeschool freedom in the country here. But we never, ever had to get it from public funding. And that is the difference. Choice means making the decision. It is not money. Absolutely. And people keep confusing money with access too. But um, yeah. but, but that, that brings up an important thing that I really would like to do a better job of it. Maybe you can point my audience to sources that aren't necessarily reading a whole book. So, I mean, I know what books they could read to learn the history of education in America, but I think we need to do some more content, Nikki, where we go through like, where did the idea come from in the first place that we needed to have universal, you know, public education and when did compulsory school become a thing and why exactly was that? And who were the biggest proponents of that? And what did they stand to gain? Because mm -hmm. when I start explaining this to individuals or even have done little videos here and there where I've talked about it, people are shocked. Mm -hmm. People are yeah. like, I never knew that. Wait, and they what? just assume this paradigm of industrial education, you know, this factory school assembly yeah. line thing always existed or they'll say didn't benjamin franklin invent it and I'm like no <laughs> i mean he talked about the importance of what he called the public education but it's doesn't anything like what we have you yeah. know in other words they go back and cherry pick little things and say mm -hmm. well this was invented and that was done and it's like let me just ask you this would you like there to be public feeding programs I mean, I know some of you do. Yeah. There's already breakfast and lunch at many public schools, but like, right. would you like that to be official that a child is born increasingly in the hospital because they make you do that too? Mm -hmm. You know, in North Carolina, you pretty much, if you try to give birth at home, you might be breaking the law depending how you're doing it. Wow. Um, Not here. <laughs> right. Exactly. But we've even got birthing regulation. Okay. So, wow. so there you are, you're in the hospital where like 99% of babies are born these days and they register the baby. Ours worked. We put, we notified the mm -hmm. government you had a baby mm -hmm. and I get the feeling people like would be okay with the idea that, and now you've been signed up for the feeding program. Yes. They do have to opt out of it. You have to let the government know you're not going to be using it, but we're already going to be, you have a baby. We're going to tax you for it. Or you've already mm -hmm. been taxed. It's in your, it's in mm -hmm. your state income tax. It's in your property tax. You've already been taxed for it. You might as well use it. You yep. might as well use the buddy that we already took from you and everybody else, whatever. Do you want to go pick up your formula at the, at the thing? And I honestly think there are people right now who'd be like, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Instead of saying this is not 
American. Yeah. This program is wrong. Let's quit doing this. Yeah. Too many people do what you said and they go, well, I mean, we're already paid for it. Let's use exactly. it. Like, and so why that's aren't we how doing more? Grows. They mm -hmm. want to know why we're not doing more. They want free college. Mm -hmm. They want free preschool. They want mm -hmm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They want mm -hmm. free childcare. I'm like, why don't you just say what you really want, which is you don't want your children anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, why did you yeah. have them? Yeah. You want them oh, gone from dawn till bedtime. You want mm -hmm. someone else to be the adult they see all day. You want somebody else feeding them and choosing what food they eat and how much. You want somebody else putting all the ideas that are ever going to go into their heads to mm -hmm. form who they're going to be as people, to be operatives of the government. Exactly. Remind me again why you reproduced because I'm missing it. Like, so you yes. can have somebody at your table at Thanksgiving and not be to have bickering. I mean, like, why did you do this? I know. My, my teenage son asked me that the other day. You know, why... Why do they think you should teach tax preparation in school and how to do your laundry and how to do all these things that parents should teach, you know, right. parents should teach you how to do your taxes and your laundry and how to cook and how to sew or, you know, all of those extra things. That's not the school problem, but everyone right. thinks it is because now that's where you go for everything is school. Well, I, I, how many people have said they need to teach life skills at school. And I want to mm -hmm. say, and you're doing what exactly at home? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, and then they'll turn around and say, <laughs> well, they have to be there all day and the government says you have to be all day. So maybe that's your battle. Maybe that's yes. the fight you want to fight yes. that maybe they shouldn't have to be there all day, but then the truth comes out, but I have to work. So, right. so is it their fault? They're there all day. Is it your fault? They're there all day. Is it a combination of the two and you don't want to admit it? Like mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do without being judgmental, obviously I don't want to finger wag at people, people, especially if you are under the age of, you know, 80 at this point, <laughs> uh, you were born into a country where this was the expectation. This yeah. is the social That's structure. Normal. This is the economic structure. This is how it works. This is the paradigm. You are an outlier if you don't just right. go along with it. You're, so I get it. I get it. And I get that because of that, you have more steps that you have to do to just be free. Being mm -hmm. free is actually an effort. Mm -hmm. as opposed to not being free. And so I get that it's a little more difficult, but all I'm trying to do is get people to, to wake up to the fact that it is that way. So in other words, you know, no judgment, let's just acknowledge reality. Like this is what they're doing. They're parenting your children. This yeah. is what they're doing. They are doing the character training of your children. They are doing all the stuff. So like, let's, just, sure let's just be honest about what is happening and yeah. then you can decide what your priorities are, but you can't really effectively prioritize your life if you are living under the delusion that things are what they're not. Namely, right. they're teaching my child all the wonderful facts about history and teaching them math and teaching them how to read. And it's a knowledge-based curriculum, isn't it? And you're like, no. <laughs> how many parents yeah. do I talk to every week? What do you mean? I'm like, it hasn't been for 30 years. <laughs> yeah and they're like what <laughs> so yeah it's, it's um it's hard to get people to understand that it's still their responsibility to know what's happening at school you don't just send them there and expect the best because right. i mean anybody should just look at anything government touches and realize that it only goes downhill and that includes school but school is the holy grail you're not supposed to mess with school you're not supposed to judge it you're not supposed to tell people how it should be and even among conservatives 
oh, don't touch our public schools. We have a good school. And and I I just think if people say we have a good school, we should ask them, what is a good school? What does that mean to you? Is it because their football team always wins? Is it because of the zip code? Is it because your teacher says the Pledge of Allegiance? None of those things make a good school. A good school teaches real history and and real math and teaches kids to read well and to write well and to think for themselves. And I don't know when was the last time I heard of a public school that did those things well. And so when people say I have a good school, I want to challenge them to tell me what does that mean? What does that mean, a good school? Because there are very few of those good schools left because government destroys everything it touches. And so I have to thank my parents again and again, because it is hard, like you said, to step outside of the norm. It's hard to be the one that says, wait, this is not normal. We're not going to do that anymore because you are swimming upstream. You are the weirdo. And it's easier for me because I am second generation. I had parents who took the brunt of that for all my uh, teen years. They, they were the ones that suffered the, Oh, you're so judgmental. And, you think you know better than us and your kids are going to be so messed up. And you know, all the things people said about homeschooling, they took that and they showed me it didn't matter what other people thought. There was a principle behind it. And the principle was we were given this authority by God to raise our children. We do know what's best for our children better than any government school. And so they stood very firm and it was not easy. I watched it. It was not easy for them to just be, ridiculed and to have people say, well, you're just judging us. Um, and so for me, it's a whole lot easier. It's easier because I already have that, that model that they set for me to say, you know, it's okay. If everybody doesn't agree, we're going to do it anyway, because this is the right thing to do. Right. I, I get that not everybody was raised that way and, and not everybody even thinks outside the box, but that's what I try to help people do is think outside the box please, please get outside that box because public education in America is about a hundred years old and that is it. Um, and you asked about a source. I actually have a, a pretty popular blog post um, called it does not take 12 years to educate a child. And what I've done is go through just American history. Cause I didn't have time to write about the whole world, but American history shows us that we became great without standardized education, without eight hours a day, five days a week, 12 years out of a child's life. That is how we became great. And it was the 20th century when we changed that and made it compulsory and it got longer and longer and everything was, was nitpicked by the government to death. And here we are. So there is, there is a better way and homeschoolers are doing that better way. That's what we're doing. We are, we are getting rid of all the busy work, all the government oversight, all of the standards and we're saying, you know what, I'm going to teach my kid what this kid needs to be an adult, to be a functioning American and to go on and do whatever it is they want to do with their life. And I can do it in half the time with a whole lot less money and produce better results. Yep. I think, well, I talk a lot on the channel about myths that, that endure about homeschooling. And we, we know the big ones are, you know, what about socialization? They're going to be weird. They won't have friends and so forth. But the one lately that people are real stuck on that kind of leads us into the school choice conversation is the I can't afford it. 
Now, generally speaking, <laughs> they, they mean a combination of things. They mean they personally have to go to work and cannot physically mm -hmm. be home. And mm -hmm. so they can't afford to not work. And then the second piece is, let's say I could figure out how to not work. Then they think, or, or let's say I can figure out how to work and like, I can find a co-op or I can find a this or I can find a that. Then they say, well, I can't afford those things. I can't afford to pay for those mm -hmm. things. Or conversely, I can afford to quit the job, but now I can't afford curriculum. And so, but it all comes down to the same thing. I want school choice because money will make it possible for me to homeschool. And Nikki, my feeling is that the people who say that not only don't really understand what homeschooling is mm -hmm. um, and what's involved in it, but they... They, they are really leaning into the money component because it's harder to push back on for other people because nobody else knows your budget. Like, no, you know, right. and it does sound very judgy to say you can afford it. You know, like it's like most people are going to, you don't know what I, what my finances are. You can't tell right. me that. Right. So it's harder to, it's harder to dispute it. It's harder to overcome that objection. And I can't shake the feeling with a lot of people, they're really attached to their objection more yes. than they are attached to finding out how to do it because it's yeah. so easily debunked that, that, and yet it's also kind of like black lives matter. Like you can't challenge it without sounding like a jerk. Right. <laughs> All right. You know? Yes, you can. And people are like, did you just seriously tell me what I can afford? And you're like, I I'm sorry. That's not what I meant, but. Well, I, I get that a lot and people will say, Oh, well, because you're rich and whatever. I guess oh, they look yes, at my picture so and go, well, she's a white girl. She's rich. So the school choice thing that started in Texas, it really started ramping up around 2015, 2016. And, and uh, I dealt with that question a lot. Um, well, we can't afford it. We need the money from the, from the government. I can't afford to homeschool. And what I set about to do was try to, to help people understand you probably think it's recreating the school at home and you're wrong because it is not. Um, they, and so what, like you said, a big part of the problem is that people don't even understand homeschooling. And I will say for sure, politicians and lobbyists have no idea what homeschooling actually Zero. is. When Zero. When I hear them idea. talking about it, I'm like, Ooh. yeah. What I've are you talking about? Out, have you ever homeschooled? Because if you haven't, you don't, you don't get to tell us how it works because um, homeschooling is not bringing your public school books home and doing all the same stuff. It's not logging into their system and just sitting on your couch. That is not homeschooling. That's public school at home. And those are two very different things. And, and over years of answering this question and similar ones, that's what led me to write my book because I have been a single mom. I have been a single working mom. I've been a married working mom. I have had no money at all at some point to have a curriculum budget. And I never stopped homeschooling my kids because I knew that it wasn't about copying what they do at public school. I get that people think it is because that's the only kind of school we know. And even private schools are really just a copy. And often they use the same curriculum Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But but even if you go to a private school, you've got a carbon copy of a public school with little tweaks here and there. But homeschooling can be so different. It's upside down from everything you know about public school, including the cost. 
And that's what people don't understand. And, and I can, I can usually tell the difference between someone who's saying, oh, you think you know everything and someone who says, could you please tell me how, because I really want to. And so those are the people that I answer the questions for, because I know they really want to get out of their job and they want to stay home. Um, but I, I did all of those things for years. And then I realized everybody else wanted to know how to do that. And so that's how I got started writing my book. And I have blog posts too, that are free to read about single parent homeschooling and working moms who homeschool. There's so many different ways. I can't tell you, there's not one way to do it. So what you have to do is kind of look at your situation and your budget, your kids' ages. What is your income? What is your work situation? And you put all that together to come up with a plan that works for your family. So I, you know, I, I've said it's like your Christmas decorations. We all do different Christmas decorations. There's not one way. And so I can't tell you, here's how you decorate your house for Christmas. I can't tell you, here's how a single mom can homeschool. Or here's how a working parent can homeschool. All I can do is say, here are all the parameters. Here's what you need to know that home education looks like. And then you fit it into your schedule because it doesn't have to be Monday through Friday, eight to three, you know, five days a week for their whole life. Now, some states have some requirements that you do have to follow, but I know parents that they get all those hours in, but they do it on their own schedule or they do, they meet all the requirements on their own budget. And so that is, it is I know it's a big challenge for people, the money, because they think what they know is education is the same thing as homeschooling. But what I try to get people to see is just just forget everything you know about public school or school in general and ask yourself, how can I teach my kids the stuff they need to know? How can I do it? Just like, how, how am I going to make this salad? I'm not going to make it like my neighbor makes a salad. How am I going to make a salad? It's the same thing. And you just look at your state laws, your budget, your time and, and everything else, and then write out a plan, just like you would for any other part of your life. And it, it sounds simplified, but it is. It is that simple to get started. And it doesn't cost the uh, $10,000, dollars $20,000 per child that the public school spends. Um, right. and, it's like and you could. When... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you could you could spend as much or as little money as you wanted to on a whole lot of things. I mean, you could yeah. bake your own bread and grow your own vegetables and have a chicken mm -hmm. coop and have your own eggs and all these kinds of things. And your grocery budget would go down pretty significantly. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You'd still be eating well. Or you could go out and buy prepared foods and, you know, go to out to restaurants and eat takeout every night. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, I can't. The, but if so, it would sound ridiculous if you said I can't afford to feed my family. Right. If you had these other options. Right. So it's I feel like people are so stuck in the idea that education and school are synonymous. And because mm -hmm. school is a thing, in other words, it's a thing I can I can look at I can see it. You know, it's a building, it's yeah. books, it's curriculum. It's all these terms that we that we know that we think homeschooling is a thing. And I remember telling somebody once there was a counselor that I met and we were talking about kids with uh you know, certain special needs where they needed to miss a lot of school, especially like eating disorders yeah. and things like that. And I said, well, the, the child in question that I'm thinking of wants to be homeschooled, like is asking mm -hmm. because the problems at school are contributing to mm -hmm. this problem. And the counselors, we don't recommend homeschooling. And I had to stop and say, 
what do you understand homeschooling to be? And she kind of looked at me like, what a strange question. I said, because I, I can't shake the feeling that you think homeschooling is a thing. Home, you know, it's, it's, right. sort of, it's, a, it's a big term, but it's also a very loose term. It's that, you know, yeah. home-based education would be better um, because mm -hmm. I think you're imagining it to be something that it's not. And you're, you're thinking it's as much a thing that you could compare side by side to like A and B with school and you can't. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's such an important point for people to understand that because it has a name doesn't mean it's a thing. Yes. And I, and I'm very wary of non-homeschoolers who pretend to know what we should be doing. Um, the public school system is failing. That's why people want choice. And so why would we listen to anyone involved in public education telling us how we should do it at home when they're the ones failing, you know, and right. they are across the board, across grade levels, across subjects, even universities are turning out uneducated people. So why are we going to listen to them when, when they don't have anything to back up their, their, their standards, their rules, their ideas? None of that should prove to us that they know what they're talking about or should have a say and what we do in our own homes that to me that's right. such an important thing but like i said you've still got so many people that still think their school is good <laughs> and i i would say find me a good public school i would like to see it and, and that makes people really mad but um, yeah and i think what it usually is is it's shorthand for you know I'm not personally experiencing or aware of something really bad that makes my life yeah. unpleasant or my child's life unpleasant, ergo it's good. So it's like damning with faint praise. Their good school is just not completely off the rails to crazy town. Yeah. Yet. And yes. yet, well, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say, I mean, there's a lot of things we know about now, you know, a lot of things came out during, um, you know, COVID home education, but there's beginning to be more things that are kept from parents. And, and I'm surprised how many parents don't know this news, but I guess not everybody it stays informed the same way. But just yeah. with the pronoun thing in public schools, so many schools are saying they will respect a kid's pronouns and not discuss it with the parents. And, and I say, you don't know what you don't know. They're not going right. to tell you what they're hiding from you. So yeah, you think it's a good school because why would they tell you that they're going against you as a parent and it, and it's not going to just be the pronouns there's so many different things that they don't want you to know so how are you going to know how are you going to know unless you get involved and and go and see it for yourself some of my friends who homeschool now did it because they went into the schools as a you know a classroom helper and thought hey i'm going to be involved and they went and they saw and they went whoops we're getting out of this as fast as we can because they got to see what was happening on the inside. Right. And I think um, the, the, I love the way you put that, the, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had some parents tell me, well, surely my child would tell me, why would they, why would they tell you? There are, are so many more reasons they would not tell you than that they would tell you. Um, mm -hmm. It is actually extraordinarily rare that a child comes home and says, so my teacher said this today. Okay. And it's generally because mm -hmm. you've done a certain amount of home-based learning or character development or talking with your kids mm -hmm. ongoing consistently such that they're already sort of conditioned to tell you, but that's not something most parents do. It's definitely mm -hmm. not automatic. And now add in that the teachers 
in the school go out of their way to send messages to the child that it would be bad if they told you that your parents wouldn't understand. They're not going to support this. They might judge you. Bad things will happen. And if it's an experience they've never had with you before or a conversation about a subject they've never broached with you before, they have no reason to not believe the teacher. Mm-hmm. why would they have any reason to disbelieve the teacher? Remember you sent them yeah. to school and said, listen to the teacher you, yep, and they're in a position okay. of authority over them. Yes. That's, um, that's something that I try to share a lot is that what you allow your kids to sit under, you're giving your stamp of approval to Correct. your kids. Are, they trust you to make decisions for them. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't come out and say that they're, they know subconsciously my mom sent me here my dad says i have to be here so i guess what all these teachers are telling me is true that's right so i do want to get to the the school choice thing because we've been talking a lot about you know the paradigm that's you know the school's broken people need to think outside the box they need to step outside this Mm -hmm. school paradigm and so that seems like a good place to start because the term is school choice so one of my first objections to it is that it has the word school still in it. And words are powerful things. When we use a word to describe something, and especially if we're claiming it's the escape valve, it's the thing that's going to help you deal with this crisis with schools, but it still has yeah. the word school in it. And, and it's designed by lawmakers. That means government. Mm-hmm. It is about permissions they're granting and about allotments they're giving or granting. It's about all these things that I keep thinking like you still are in the paradigm. So you're starting the conversation. You're starting off saying, I want to get away from this thing that was broken by these people by asking permission from those people to go do a different version of that thing. Yes. And to them, that makes sense. And I'm like, I wish I was an artist, but I envision this, a cartoon of, of a person, you could call it uncle Sam. And on the one hand, he's, you know, got the whole public school system here and he's over all of that and messing it up. And on the other hand, he's saying, but I will save you from that. But it's the same person. It's just two different hands. It's two different wings of the same bird. And and it blows my mind that people don't see that. Conservatives don't see it. Do you remember the parquet commercials with the little tub? Yes. And it would open and go, butter 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 and then the yeah. person would taste it and go mm, my dish tastes like butter it's like okay yeah. right yeah it's this is butter. how i envision school choice yeah. instead of going choice 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 government you know like, exactly that's that's an excellent thing. comparison it is it is still government yeah. and it's the idea i i will say this a thousand times i don't understand why conservatives don't see this because you're asking the government for permission to do something. That's not conservative. That's not constitutional. It's not American. It's not patriotism. It's, it's not even classical things. liberal. Remember no. the question authority, Abby Hoffman, government is bad. Yes. They send us to wars we shouldn't fight. And then there's something yes. going, government, please save me. And it's like, yes, it is. It is mind blowing that the conservative movement has these blinders on about schools. The one thing, like I said earlier, you don't mess with, you know, even pastors will be like, no, our school's good. We love it. We support it. And I think, do you know what they're teaching? Why, why would a pastor support it? You know what's going on in that school? 
Right. It's the same thing with school choice and conservatives. They just refuse. I mean, I've talked to people that refuse to see it. They just don't want to. Well, the, the part of the reason I think is they come back to, but it's our money. It's yes. our money. And I'm sympathetic because I'm like, well, yeah. yes. I mean, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, some of it is, and some of it is the money of childless people and grandparents <laughs> and Duke power yeah. down the street and, you know, everybody else. But it's the, let's say it is to your money. They took seven grand from you at the, let's say it was hundred percent yours. They literally came and said, write me a check for $7,000 for mm -hmm. education. And then you wanted it back. Okay. The problem is that if you're going to say, if you're going to spend your political capital, activism, energy, and all the stuff fighting for them to give it back versus not take it. Yes. You're validating, you're still validating their authority yeah. to take it in the first place. Mm -hmm. You're validating their authority to create this thing called school and then compel people to attend it if they can't find another solution. And remember, what they're calling choice isn't really a choice if you can't literally go. Like I can go right now to any number of 10 different places and buy a new TV. Mm -hmm. I have tech television technology choice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the money is in my own pocket right now. And I can go and decide which television best meet my meets my needs and I can yeah. buy it and I can bring it home. Okay. I won't arrive with, with the possible exception of they're out of stock. I'm not going to arrive at the Walmart or the Weber and have them say, Oh, you know, we're only allowed or we only have space to sell 10 TVs this year. So sorry. You mm -hmm. can't have one of these TVs like at all mm -hmm. because we don't, you know, this, this, place you can't have. So I don't consider something a choice or an option if it's inaccessible. And when you're talking about private schools, for example, or even charters, which are public, um, they have limitations. How many mm -hmm. students they can take, they only have so much space and so forth. Um, whether those, what, why do we consider private schools good? Is it because maybe they're selective? Is it because they don't have to take every single person and they don't have to spend money on special needs programs mm -hmm. and they don't have to take federal money for the special need programs? They don't have to field a football team if they don't want to and all these different things that they choose not to do so they can focus on their core mission, whatever it is. If it's a religious school, it's religion and education. If it's a secular mm -hmm. school and it's just the most academically rigorous curriculum, so be it. That's their mission. So they're it's selective. Private. It's truly private. So we look mm -hmm. at that and we go, oh, they're really good, but we're not thinking about why are they better? Right. They're literally mm -hmm. better because those people aren't telling them what they have to do and they yeah. don't take everybody. So somebody comes along and says, you now have choice. They're lying to you. Unless, right. unless what? What do they do to the private <laughs> schools that will make that private school really a choice for you? Is regulated into being exactly mm -hmm. like the one you left. They can't have selective admissions. They have to take everybody. Right. They must provide for special needs. They must hire according to these plans. They have to turn in reports. They have to do, do this curriculum. Is it now? They have to allow boys and girls bathrooms. They have to let boys play on girls sports teams. They have to teach LGBT sexual history. On and on and on. That's what's Welcome to happen. Title IX under the Biden yeah, administration. Exactly. And I mean, if you're going to take money, and here's what we, I mean, we know that the recent federal court decision was, in my personal opinion, misunderstanding what non nonprofits are, but you know, that's a whole other mm -hmm. thing. But let's just say, because with public schools, 
or not just public schools, but any school that takes public money and money's fungible. So presumably if the state has funds to go giving money to people to go to the private schools, then that's kind of re reducing the amount they're going to tap into their federal spending. So, right. The, the government right. I'm sure will come along and say, you're effectively spending federal money because you're giving yeah. money over here and we're still giving you money. So yeah, they can the, either the say money from the government. Yeah, that's right. So they, the, the, the federal administration can say, if you have a school choice program in your state, we're going to reduce the amount of federal funding we give you. We're going to require that that school choice program meet title nine restrictions or yep. you don't get the money. So now governors may be in a position of having to say, I either do the school choice thing the way we wanted, the way our legislature set it up and say no to federal money. And no one's ever going to do that. Or I take the federal money and we tweak the school choice program to go along with the federal rules because then they're happy and that shuts them up and they'll let me take the money. They, we already know they're going to hold people hostage. You're no lunch program if you don't do the exactly the yeah title they tie the transgender bathrooms to the lunch program and because they're clever they know that's how you'll everyone will take the money. Exactly. And so while they might write it up initially as being like, oh, no, it's totally free and clear, whatever, that's going to last like five minutes. Yeah. The incentives are too obvious. So this is what I've been trying to explain to people like, well, it's not regulated now. And they'll say, well, we'll just have to pay close attention. I'm like, how did that work out for us in the last hundred years? Has that ever worked? Ever? That these are people who are not students of history that say, oh, it's, it's worth the risk or we will just have to watch that down the road. Really? Really? Have the more you immediate, the all? more immediate thing, Nikki. The more immediate thing is there aren't enough seats. There are. Let's just take yeah. Arizona. Let's just take Arizona. Okay. Currently, their private schools serve as fifty-four. I think it's fifty-four thousand kids in mm -hmm. the state of Arizona. They've served millions of children. About fifty-four thousand are served by the by the public school. I don't know how many in the charters, and then there's millions, you know, over a million in the in the public. So they've had. They said they were overrun with applications for these grants. Huh. And, then, and then we come to find out it was like 700 people or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, how many people. Well, whatever. But still, let's say that's overrun. Now, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Now, are there 700 slots available? Are they near where the people live? Right. So, like, if they all, if, if you need 500 slots in Tucson and the slots that are available are actually in you know, Flagstaff or something mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's not really mm -hmm. going to help. So right. how fast it takes about, I looked it up. It takes about two years to start a private school in Arizona mm -hmm. between all the, you know, the, 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 the things you have to, the hoops you have to jump through and the yeah. insurance and all this, there's regulations. You can't just open a door and I have a private yeah. school. Yeah. Now you've got to staff it with teachers. Where did the teachers come from? Which ed programs are magically unwoke that they're <laughs> and properly educated? Yep. Or are they gonna mm -hmm. and if they're gonna be a private school taking the state money, they have to by mm -hmm. law meet the state's de definition of teacher. Mm -hmm. They can't just hire you off the street and go, here's a teacher. The, the state mm -hmm. they're you're using state money for it. They're gonna require you to have, if not certified teachers, certainly some kind of credential. Mm -hmm. And so on and so on and so on. So how are they, where are these schools going to come from? Now I have seen some information that suggests they're not. It's <laughs> going to be technological. It's going to be oh. apps and it's going to be computer programs. It's going to be remote. It's going to be private remote schooling like during COVID on steroids. 
And then that's a disaster waiting to happen. Thank you. They might open up a building and say, here, you're going to sit here on the Google donated Chromebook, yeah, gathering all your data. And yeah. it's going to be this program, but the building's pretty and we give free lunch and it's private mm -hmm. and it's not the evil public school, but everything's on a computer that your child is It'll sitting on. It'll be public school. It's still going to be the same. And let's say we already know there's some programs in development where they have like what they call a mentor or coach is like an adult in the room watching the kids on the computers. How different mm -hmm. is that from COVID? But so they go and they do this and let's say, no, but it's still better or what, whatever they're going to say. And they'll call it homeschooling. Yes. They'll call it. That's the thing that kills me. Or they'll call it like yeah. they'll, they'll conflate the two. Yeah. Legally, Which they won't be homeschooling. So you won't get any protections. But they'll say, if you're supposed to be doing it at home, they'll call it homeschooling. And, and that's what I think politicians and lobbyists think homeschooling is. That's what they think. They think it's a location. Yep. That's exactly right. It's not it a location. So not I know people who homeschool and they're never home. Exactly. <laughs> never yeah. home. Well, I call it parenting with school supplies because that's what exactly. you're doing. You exactly. will feed the kids and you will um, give them clothing and shelter and education. Um, and you do it all throughout a normal day when you get up and have breakfast or you go out to the park or you go run errands or go see grandma or go shopping and you do your math book, and you might go to a co-op. You know, it's it's a normal life, but you've got this other thing that you're scheduling in wherever you can fit it. And for some people, it is eight to three. I know homeschoolers that do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But my point is, it's not really. It doesn't have to be. Those people choose it, and a, and a ton of others choose whatever schedule we, we want. You know, however right. it works for us, we get that education done, and it's it could be any location at all. <laughs> now, what do you say to people who say, well, fine, you don't want it. Don't take the money. And you don't want to do it. That's totally yeah. fine. But why should you be mad about us taking the money? Well, my long I get that every experience. Day. <laughs> yes, I do too. My experience as a homeschooler since 1983 is that everybody else on the outside thinks they know how you should do it. That is the danger. because. I can tell you the kind of homeschooling I do does not look like a normal school. And so people on the outside would look at our schedule and say, you're not educating your kids. That's not how you do it. And so here's the problem. If my neighbor decides to take the funds and um, homeschool with state funds, they're obviously going to be under some regulation. They're going to be under state scrutiny and possibly public scrutiny because if, you know, friend A is at the park and they find out that this person is homeschooling with state money, but they're not at home during the day, all of a sudden the, the judgment starts. Wait a second. It's a school day and you're not home doing it, but, but I'm paying for your homeschool materials and you're not having school right now. Shouldn't you be having school right now? You're not teaching your child sixth grade Texas history or whatever. I don't even care what, what year they do it. But if, if the outside world and this oversight committee sees that you're not doing it the way the public school does it, there will be scrutiny. And then the scrutiny will overflow to any homeschooler, whether right. they take the funds or not. And then right. homeschool laws will be get stricter and stricter because all of a sudden 
everybody sees, wait, they don't do it the way we do. And, you know, I, I'm very free and open with how we homeschool, but I also have adults who are functioning members of society, which is the proof in the pudding. I, I have teenagers that are functioning normal humans that are the proof. You know, they can, they know that we do have school, but because we don't do it like the public school, um, it does appear to people that we're not doing it right. And I don't care what they think. Thankfully, Texas is very free, but I believe even in a state like Texas or Oklahoma that has perfectly free homeschooling, the ESAs or vouchers or whatever they want to call it, if that's implemented, it will open the door to regulation of all homeschoolers. And I say this with so much plea. I, I just want to beg people to understand if you weren't there when homeschooling was illegal, you have no idea what you're risking. My mom and dad were arrested for homeschooling in a state where it was legal because people didn't understand. Oklahoma was where we lived at the time, and they've had guaranteed homeschool freedom in their constitution since 1908. But in 1983, nobody knew what was going on with homeschooling. And so when our family and then my aunt was homeschooling my cousins in the same town, when these two families in a very small town didn't send their kids to school that September, everybody knew. Everybody in the little town knew. Someone called the police. The sheriff came out and arrested my mom and dad and my aunt because they misunderstood what was happening at our house. And I'll tell you, in those days, we were very strict about our school hours and our school days and our subjects. I mean, we didn't do the unschooling thing. We didn't do our own relaxed, laid back schedule. We were rigid. We had our books on the table at 8 or 8.30, and we did them all religiously. And so even though we were kind of towing the line, no one understood what it was. And so they came and arrested my mom and dad in a legal homeschooling state. Now, um, obviously, they didn't have to stay in jail. They were released by the end of the day. And at that time, Homeschool Legal Defense Association was just starting to form. And so some of those people got word of what happened and they got on the phone and, and straightened the whole thing out. But that was in a state where it was legal. And so then we moved back to Texas and it wasn't legal. And we just homeschooled anyway because my parents were that convicted. Like, we're not going back. We're going to do this. And we went to Austin and we marched for this freedom. And, and my parents got involved with the lawmakers. And, and we moved back to Texas in 1985. Homeschooling did not become legal in Texas until 1994. So we went another nine years homeschooling illegally. Um, so I, I say everything I say comes from those memories and understanding that um, freedom is not free. And education is not free. You still have to work for it. But there is no government handout that's going to give you freedom. Freedom right. comes because, be, from God. It is, you know, just like our founders knew. It doesn't come from a state handout. And when we think that the government owes us, man, we're just socialists at that point. We're not freedom-loving Americans anymore. That's right. And so I know what it's like from those many years ago to have the outside look in and say, you're not doing it right. That's not how you do it. That's not how you teach kids. Well, many, many years have passed and now it's more acceptable to homeschool, 
but there's so many people that still look at it and say, you're not doing it right. I, I read the comments on Twitter and Facebook. I get them in my inbox all the time. You're just an idiot. You're wrecking your kids. You don't even know anything. Those are the people that will scrutinize all homeschoolers once we start taking money, even if I don't take the money, but someone I know takes the money, we will all be lumped in the same boat as we already are. And it will reverse the freedom that we have state after state after state. And so that is my answer. And it's a good answer. I agree because as John Gates says, oh, not that's not the that's not the one. Uh, the where's the one? Here it is. John Gates says the federal and state governments are looking for reason to be intrusive into your home and your life. Amen. If we have learned nothing from the last two years, yeah. Please, nothing else. I mean, let it be this lesson that yeah. John has just pointed out for us. You know, does. Why aren't you wearing your mask? Ring a bell. Yes. You know, have you been yes. vaccinated? And these yep. are total strangers at your grocery store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You know, even when it's flipping legal, like even in places where it was like optional, mask optional, and mm-hmm. certainly not mandated to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. My poor daughter was working at Chick-fil-A and she worked the whole pandemic outdoors, wearing a mask in this, in the heat, <sighs> in the cold, in the rain, yeah. wearing plastic little house over herself. Yep. Um, and People were coming up, people with masks in their car coming up and demanding to know if she'd been vaccinated before they would hand their probably filthy credit card yeah. to her. And actually, they didn't even need to hand it to her. They needed to just put it in the machine. You know, like they they stick the machine and you put mm-hmm. the thing in the chip. And then, you know, there's you're like arm's length at all times from a person. Yes. And they, nothing is touching anything except you keep touching a card that's probably covered in God only knows what. But they and they would say, I'm not giving you my order. Bye. And I told her, I said, sweetheart, first of all, you're under no obligation to divulge your vaccine status to random strangers right. ordering their chicken nuggets. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm afraid I'm gonna get a virus. Give me my There's saturated fat and, and, story right there. <laughs> and fried food. So yeah, if that didn't teach us how nosy your neighbors are gonna be. How mm-hmm. much people think they have oversight over your life, how you raise your children, et cetera, and so forth. I mean, why would this be different? Why is this going to be the first and only thing the government goes, yeah, go go on with your bad self. Go go teach yeah. your own kids. That's fine. Well, Where do you see any precedent for that? The, the public is very opinionated about homeschooling. I get it every day. But when... If I get a debit card with 15 or 20 or $25,000 a year from the government for my homeschooling, you think they're not going to be more opinionated? In Texas, when they were first starting to push the ESA, it was a debit card and it was $5,000 per child. And that year, all five of my kids were were school-aged. So I would have qualified for $25,000 for a year of homeschooling. Please, if you know nothing else, know that it doesn't cost $25,000 to homeschool. Some years I spend $200 total for all of my kids. I buy used curriculum. I reuse curriculum that hasn't been written in. I find free stuff online. We read real books. You know, there's tons of ways to make it affordable. There's so many reasons why you don't need $25,000. But who wouldn't take that when you can pay for horseback riding lessons, too, and tennis and and get your kids all a fancy computer. I mean, 
the things that, that they were talking about were insane. But if I'm getting $25,000, I'm going to expect all my neighbors to wonder what I'm doing with it and if I'm doing it right. And aren't so you going to start being curious too? So like, yes, I'm going to sit there wondering if my tax dollars are going to someone to brainwash their child into thinking that, you know, Stalin was good and Karl Marx is the greatest thing since sliced bread yeah. and America is really a horrible place. I'm already subsidizing that in the public school. I'm really not interested in also subsidizing it yeah. privately, especially to right. your point for people who, you know, damn well, did not pay $25,000 in income and income tax and uh and real estate Property tax. tax no that's something flipping I always, way yes i stress that people need to do the actual math because Same. i never paid twenty five thousand dollars in school taxes and even when we owned property out in the country three thousand four thousand dollars in our rural area we paid for property taxes every year so if i was going to get my tax dollars back that's so I get $3,000 a year, but that's not what any of the bills are pushing. They're not talking about, yeah, we just looked at your property tax statement and here's your $3,000 back, Mrs. Truesdale. Good luck. No way. They're talking per child, per year. It's a random number. It has nothing to do with what you paid in. So people that say that have never even read the bills. I guarantee you they've not read the actual legislation because that is not what it says. And to your point, you know, we don't, we already don't want to fund all of the secular humanism that's going on in the public school system. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen secularists on Twitter say, well, I don't want to be funding their creation science textbooks in their home. I guarantee you, those are the kind of textbooks we use in our house. We read the Bible every single day and all of our curriculum is, is Christian curriculum. I want my kids to have a Christian worldview. I want them to know the Bible front and back. I want them to know how to think through that biblical lens. So yeah, we use Christian curriculum and I can understand that all the other people don't want to pay for that either. It's their right. They're taxpayers too. And, you know, they, they try to pretend that there's something called the separation of church and state. And so they use that argument, but I don't want to pay for the secular public education system either. So, right. um, you know, they're going to call for the same thing. And I will also throw in people all the time are trying to fight what's going on in their school boards right now. And they get shut down, even here in Texas, all over the state. They're, they're locking parents out of school board meetings. They ignore them. They make fun of them. They turn off their microphones. They don't let them in the schools. You can't go in the library and see what the books are that everybody's talking about. So why would they give us a choice at home? If, That's if right. Like it's the same taxes. people. There's not like some special group people. of virtuous, awesome people in the government right. who are just waiting in a closet somewhere to be activated. Like flip, yeah. flip a switch. And like, is it our turn? <laughs> we get to do a job now? Right. No, it's no. the same people. They think we are idiots and we are uneducated and we're uninformed and we have no business in education. It is all the same people. They're not going to give us a free ride. There are, I always tell people who benefits and I mean, who benefits politically and who benefits mm -hmm. financially because government doesn't mm -hmm. do things for you. Government does things for government. <laughs> and you know, another part of it is like just the reason we don't have a feeding program, even though food is more important <laughs> to your survival than education is mm -hmm. that 
whether your child physically survives, you know, they'll survive, you know, like whether they have good nutrition or poor nutrition, whatever, right. that's, that's important to the survival of your child. It's not really important yeah. to the survival of the government. Whereas public education or education that mm-hmm. they want you to have, okay, government propaganda, education. indoctrination, whatever, that's essential for the survival of the government. If they yeah. don't make sure you're good and dumb and, you know, how are they going to keep you poor and voting and begging mm-hmm. for crumbs? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how they do it. They, it is not in the interest of the state for you to be well-educated. Exactly. And it is in the interest of freedom that you are well-educated. That's right. And I don't know how many times our founders said that. You can Google the quotes all day long. They always said two things were important to preserving freedom in this country. One was religion and the other was being well-educated. And exactly. the public school system supports neither. Exactly. It is in home education that those you, things happen. You mentioned that people get this debit card and then they mm-hmm. go in the horseback riding lessons and this and that. Mm-hmm. Well, currently the horseback riding lesson place or the gymnastics, you know, location or whatever, they get paid by homeschoolers directly. Like if you want to go to homeschool horseback riding lessons, they work out a deal privately and you figure out what's, you know, you're empty all day because the kids are at school. How about Mm -hmm. we work out a deal? We'll pay this much, we'll pay that much. And, and they know that it's coming right out of your pocket. So it costs what it costs. I mean, I was able to have my kids go to homeschool, uh, horseback riding for 10 bucks a, a time. That's very wow. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. We worked a deal where it was like, you know, they'd have 10 slots, $10 a kid, you, you know, sign up in advance, et cetera, and so forth. And you'd go and ride for an hour and so forth. That's um, cool. yeah, it was really good. And, but if they know that people are coming with a debit card loaded up with thousands of dollars, why do they need to keep their price at 10 bucks a kid? Mm-hmm. They don't. So they're more than, I'm, I, I can almost promise you, especially in these tough times with inflation and everything and energy costs come, you know, it's hard to maintain a farm. They're going to say, mm-hmm. you know, we have to charge the market rate. We're going to have to charge what we charge the public right. school kids. And we know you can afford it because it's on your freaking card. So the price well, of it's going to. Yes. So the price goes up. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I know. It's like we could both get so excited about it, but you mentioned how the, we, we people are saying just don't take the money. Okay, well, so if I don't take mm-hmm. the money and 90% of people do and mm-hmm. the Red Barn starts saying, well, we're going with the market rate because we know that most yeah. people have the debit cards. Now I can no longer go to horseback riding because without right. taking the money because I can't pay, you know, $50 a session or whatever. Right. Well, I've already heard this happening and I will have to go back and find the information where I read it, but this very thing has already started happening in places where they are taking the money. So, and I, and what I really fear is that it will affect the awesome homeschool curriculum market that we have, which I guarantee you people outside of homeschooling do not even realize exists. We have the most incredible selection of homeschool curriculum companies to choose from hundreds with every kind of curriculum you can imagine for every kid, every learning style, every disability, every budget. And we don't have to go use what they use at public school. In fact, when teachers try to tell me, hey, I've got some curriculum for sale, I just think, I have no interest in the stuff that you're selling. We have a gold mine of awesome curriculum that I'm going to buy from. But what's going to happen is if the whole country starts implementing these things, it's going to be just like the horseback riding lessons. The, the homeschool curriculum companies are going to, they're going to suffer because 
the approved materials will not be these Christian uh, mom and pop companies that produce really high quality stuff, but on a small scale, the money's going to have to go to state approved curriculum. And these guys are going to be pushed out of the market slowly, but surely. Um, and I, I want to bring up the word market for a minute because a lot of people say that this is a free market solution. But <laughs> Sorry. Have you heard that? All the conservatives are saying it. But free market is by definition not a free market if the government took your money. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a free market if the government is doing it. Free market is explicitly outside of government. And so people say, oh, it's gonna it's gonna provide competition. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not gonna provide competition at all. It's gonna shut down everything private. And the only competition will be do I go to the school in this town or the school in this town, you know, or, or am I doing their school at my house? That's not competition. People You're just, just because you can choose a prison cell in the different prison doesn't make exactly. it out of the prison yeah, cell. That's not the walls are painted a nicer color. <laughs> I, I, I just see um, a huge lack of history education and even economics education among people that claim all these things. And, and, and you have to have never studied the history of communism in the 20th century to really believe that the government is doing you a favor and, and growing government and, and telling you how you can do something. I don't care how big that debit card is. They're going to tell you how to use it. And that is not freedom. And all Americans should be, no matter what the cost should be standing for freedom. And we've just got, I guess we've got way too many generations of people that are used to paying school taxes and getting the, you know, the mediocre. Um, healthcare is another perfect example, just like with the horseback riding, you know, the, the idea there. If you like your plan, you can go you can to, keep your plan. Yeah. yeah, that worked out well. But also some doctors will give you a private pay discount because then they don't have to go through all the rigmarole that the government requires. There's so many requirements that come with things like Medicaid, Medicare, Oh my goodness, Obamacare, has anyone gotten a free ride from that, a truly free ride? Or do you have to go to the government approved doctor who will only prescribe what the government says is good? I pay more money to go to a doctor who does not bow to government because it's worth it to me to get quality care, quality time. The government's not involved in my doctor's decisions or prescriptions or what I choose not to get prescribed with. There's so many parallels that we can already see in American society that every time the government gets involved, it demolishes whatever program they're trying to help with. Demolishes They just it. never really tried it the right way. Does that sound familiar? It just hasn't been really mm -hmm. tried. Like socialism? Yeah. Hey, we're trying to implement it now and surely we're going to do it right this time. If only there were a word... For when, you know, government tells private industry or private entities what they need to do mm. to remain in business or to continue to get money. If only we had a word for that. Oh, right. It starts mm. with ash, which ends with ashism. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, why do people not notice this? And then, like you said, they call us dumb, like the homeschoolers. You people yeah. don't know what you're doing. You know what I was like? Well, I know what fascism is when I see it. And I yeah. know what socialism is when I see it. And my it, kids and do too. <laughs> My kids are not going to fall for the stuff that you're falling for because I've actually taught them what fascism is and communism and how one leads to the other. Yes, exactly. And, you know, 
the other thing I hear is it's a step in the right direction. It's incrementalism, Deb. And I'm like, no, it's not. No step in the right direction. If your goal is to get away from government brings government with you in your backpack. Yes. That's not a step in the right direction. The only reason I believe people say that is because they are way too comfortable with the status quo, even though they say they're not, even though they say the schools are failing, we got to get out. They're, they're still way too comfortable with government providing this service along with a lot of other services. And they think that because that's how it's been for almost a hundred years, then that's yeah. how it should keep going. Yeah, they don't, they haven't, like I said, there, there's so many things converging, you know, the idea that if you've grown up with a certain paradigm, it's really hard mm-hmm. to let go of it and it view the world differently. Um, if you think that it's your money, and you're like yeah. entitled to it and I want it back. And you and and then you'll get this like, well, that's you know, you just are making the the perfect the enemy of the good. You know, we, we're never gonna <laughs> get them to stop taxing us. So we could just get our money back. And I'm like, why? Why why you know, are you not? Have you even tried? Have you I, even look, tried? Have mm-hmm. you even tried? I mean, put it this way: if every Republican who's currently like, I'm for school choice and like spending all kinds of time, energy, money, speaking, etc on the school choice argument, if they had spent that same time over the past yeah. decade fighting to change the way schools are funded, fighting yeah. against the government's monopoly, fighting against the, the, you know, all of this. And what better time? They shut the schools down for COVID and kept people away from learning. They put all kinds of restrictions in place. They've got the woke curriculum. There are a hundred different reasons that parents yeah are absolutely hungry for real direction away from what broke it. Real yeah. direction. Away. Okay. Away. away. Okay. So, <laughs> and you've got example after example after example of they broke it. They broke it. They broke it. Why do we want them to fix it? And if you're a Republican, if that's who it is doing it, if you're a Republican who's saying, I don't want the same people who broke it trying to fix it, I'm fighting for you not to be taxed in the first place. You're going to tell me that all the independents, the parents who are politically homeless and the Republicans are not going to vote for that person. Mm-hmm. Or I could think it people be, think it's not possible. They just think, Oh, that's way be, too big. Could it be that the people funding the campaigns of those politicians are the ones going, you know, if we get our hands on that public money, mm-hmm. we can make the product that's going to make us, because there's a lot of dollars in in, in e-learning. Yeah. There's a lot of dollars in data mining children. Ooh, yep. if we get the private money into our private Walton corporate, you know, Walmart, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Over here, we're going to make bank on this. Maybe. Well, and it is very confusing, I think, to Republicans for someone like you or me to say school choice is wrong because it is a Republican thing. Democrats hate it. Democrats support public school for the most part. Um, Democrats don't want private dollars going to, you know, nut jobs like you and me to teach our kids about God and real history and all of that stuff. So it is confusing to have a Republican and a conservative say, don't take that money. Although I still can't figure out why, (laughs) but that's what I want Republicans to understand is you need to stop thinking Republican and start thinking constitutional. Think freedom. Think small government, limited government. When right. we take this money, government will grow. The state education or associations and the uh, federal 
government education. What is it called? The, the department. The NEA. Of, yeah, the department. Oh, of you're talking about the, the unions, the unions. Well, that too. But the yeah, the Department of Education and then the state departments of education, they will grow because mm -hmm. then all of us who are individual private families just doing our thing at home will be scooped up into their net and they will have to expand to oversee this kind of school and this kind of school and this kind of school. It will not limit government. It is not worth the risk and it is not the step in the right direction. It is only right. well, going to make government bigger. They want desperately, both Republicans and Democrats, I believe, want to get rid of homeschooling for a million mm -hmm. different reasons. They each have their different reasons, mm -hmm. but it ultimately boils down to power. And mm -hmm. so- yeah. You know, the, the, the people who aren't in th under dependent on you for anything are harder to control. Mm -hmm. And so homeschoolers have been really on the outside. I used to tell people like, I don't mind leaving that so-called money on the table. That's my insurance policy against them wanting mm -hmm. to have anything to do with yeah. me. As long as they get to keep my money, they will leave right. me alone. But I start asking for it back. I start saying, I need you. Ooh, They're going to say like, okay, well, here's how this is going to work. It's like when you need money from the loan shark and you need money mm -hmm. for the, from the protection <laughs> racket or you need, or you, you pay for the protection racket. It is. So it is like that. That's, that's exactly what it is. And so I don't want it. And these people say, well, then don't take the money. They don't understand that you, there has to be a middle layer. They're still acting as a middleman. So the middle layer of bureaucracy, that bureaucracy, not only is the same people, but they're not going to want to have yet another bureaucracy to oversee mm -hmm. just us. And then right. one to oversee the ESA taking homeschoolers. They're going to say, no, you're, you're costing the taxpayers too many dollars for your existence. Yeah. Even though we don't want to cost anything. We're like, don't right. oversee us. Don't yeah. regulate us at all. Just leave us alone. If our kids yeah. can't read and they can't do anything, that's ultimately going to be our problem, isn't it? Yeah. Because we are taking responsibility. Let me sign a waiver. I'm 100% responsible for my child mm -hmm. and leave me the hell alone. But they won't give us that opportunity. They're going to say, mm -hmm. no, now we have to still regulate what you're doing and make sure that you're not abusing your children. They don't come yeah. out and find out if we're starving our kids, but they want to find out if we're not giving them education. And they'll just bundle it. They'll just say, this is the yeah. homeschool management department, whether you're taking money exactly. or not. And this is what ends up happening is people just go, all right, I guess I just better take the money because I mean, now they've made it so expensive for me to function. Mm -hmm. And that's how they'll just ban independent homeschooling. You will, there will be yeah. no such des and the And people go, how are they going to ban it? I'm like, they'll just erase the designation. Mm -hmm. It's that easy. Look what they did in Arizona. They're on their way. They're halfway there. Yeah. They say, if you take the ESA money, you will not be Very designated. Nice. You don't file an affidavit. You will not be designated as a homeschooler. So all mm -hmm. they do six months, a year from now, while everybody's busy paying attention to the latest, greatest horror of whatever they conjure up for us to pay attention to. They will just quietly remove the legal designation of yeah. homeschooler, home educator. And it's just going to be a matter of where you like people who don't sign up for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. They're still eligible, right? Mm -hmm. They just didn't sign up. And one of the big problems with Obamacare is like, well, people aren't signing up for the Medicaid. Wham. Okay. It's like, so yeah. I have to, I'm punished for that. Right. They're going to do the same with homeschool. They'll just remove the designation. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. There it is banned. Well, look Simple. at, um, look at colleges there. You can name on one hand, the actual private colleges in this country that don't take Pell grants or any other federal money. That's correct. And those literally are one colleges. hand. I think it's fewer. Than, yeah. I think it's fewer than five. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but before all of that, you had more private colleges that were truly private and unique and good. 
and now it's hard to find them in in like in texas if you want one you got to send your kids somewhere out of state because we don't have one here um that's why places like hillsdale are still outstanding to conservatives because they truly are private and they truly teach what is good and no one can tell them not to and 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 liberals hate them but that's okay you know they don't exist for liberals they exist to actually give a good education so yeah. if people would think about that it's I, I think we've got way too many americans with short memories but think back before all of the federal government money got involved in higher education and if you can remember what it was like i mean i i have to read about it because i was too young to remember but now it's automatic i mean they're told in texas i don't think it's true but it's forced almost in texas that when you graduate from high school public high school you have to fill out the fafsa paperwork yes you do to get in the system why? Same here. Why? Same here. Yeah. My daughter had to fill it out just to graduate. To, to, that's it. She had to yeah. fill it out. And it, I'm like, you're not even going to get money from them. Well, I don't understand. Yeah. It's required. Well, I, I got a Pell Grant. This is when I was, you know, 18 or 19. And I went to a small junior college and I got a Pell Grant. And so all of my tuition was covered. And a couple weeks into the semester, they wrote me a check for about $700. And I said, what's this for? isn't that supposed to cover my, my tuition? And they said, oh yeah, we covered that and your dorm. So the rest of it is just free to spend however you want to. Well, I thought it was fun at the time, but now when I look back, I think, whoa, <laughs> they gave me 700 extra dollars for whatever I wanted to do with it. That's where taxpayer dollars are going, you know, okay. and what a waste. Now, it's well, it wasn't a, a waste thing. because they thought for, for every one of you, there were probably a hundred kids who are like, this is what government is for. Yeah. Government yeah. is a piggy bank. Government is there yeah. to make my problems go away. And well, you talked do think that. Right. And you talked about the the uh homeschool curriculum companies and developers. Mm -hmm. Well, there there that's a big risk because whether they take the money or not, let's say they did. Let's say they're like, all right, I'll take the money. And mm -hmm. the government came along and said, you have to do this and you have to do that. And you have to change this and you have to hire mm -hmm. these people. They could still go under because having that kind of overhead and meeting those kinds of regulations yeah. and compliance is expensive. So even if you have yes, people coming to you, if you're not currently equipped to take an onslaught of thousands of people or you want to be selective mm -hmm. and suddenly they tell you, you can't, you cease to be you. You go out of business. Yes. Okay. Or you get How gobbled up by another company. Yeah. How many small businesses in any industry have had to happen to them? Look at COVID. You know, if yeah. you don't follow this rule, then, you know, no one's going to come in because they're afraid if you're not enforcing masks and vaccine mandates, they're not going to come to your little restaurant or your shop. So you'll shut down or because you didn't follow the regulations, you'll get shut down. But how many gov how many little businesses without COVID have had to shut down because too many government regulations made it impossible to do business. Right. You know? they, their vendors, their supply chain, yes. everything, yes. We, we're, it's all connected. And if you just look at Khan Academy as a good example, when Khan Academy started as a free resource, it was fantastic. It mm -hmm. was solid. It was good content, all that kind of stuff. Well, suddenly 
they started getting big infusions of money, both public money and private philanthropy money mm -hmm. from places that, you know, you and I wouldn't care for, but whatever. Yes. Now I can't recommend Khan Academy anymore for anything except possibly it. some math. And even mm -hmm. that, not so much. I don't like the scope and sequence because now they align their scope and sequence with the public schools as opposed to mm -hmm. what they used to do. And mm -hmm. now the history is garbage. The oh, history's yeah. garbage. The literature's garbage. They, all of that is mm -hmm. absolute garbage. And why is that? Because they align to the standards set by their the people funding them. So what mm -hmm. what the government does is it it has control over all these different levers, and it makes certain things more expensive by certain policies. And then mm -hmm. when that's expensive, the people providing things privately can't afford to meet their regulations. Right. Oh, isn't that sad? Walmart had to buy these five curriculum companies and now yeah. they're all under the brand. They'll keep the names, they'll keep the brands so that you're none the wiser. Mm -hmm. But all the mm -hmm. original people who made it awesome, who made you love Lukeon.org or High School Math Live or, mm -hmm. you know, pick some of these private companies, um, they're gone now because they had to retire mm -hmm. or go out of business because they couldn't personally manage it anymore yeah. to the government specs. Yep. And it's now owned right. by Megacorp. Mm -hmm. It happens across across all industries and yep. the same thing will happen to homeschooling and people that are, I, I'm going to keep saying that people that are outside of homeschooling have no idea what they're trying to destroy. We have it really good. We have it right. really awesome with our freedom and, and every state's different, but even in your state, you still have the freedom to homeschool. You still have a That's lot right. of freedom, That's even right. with, you know, reporting or different regulations and you can go to a homeschool convention you can see hundreds and hundreds of vendors who have everything you would ever want and could could not possibly ever afford all of it. But you get right. to walk through and choose and say, you know, I like this math and I like this grammar and oh, that's a great science and plus I want to get this game and I'm going to get some cool T-shirts and you know all this stuff. That's freedom. At public school, you don't get that. You send your kids to the school, they choose everything, and you just sit back and wait to see what happens. In homeschooling. It's freedom. I saw a meme the other day and it said that public school is an extension of government. Homeschool is, is an extension of the family. And that sounds so simple, but it's very profound. In homeschooling, mom and dad choose it all. Whether I choose a co-op where my kids go three days a week or I choose for us to sit at home every day and do our books first before we go out in public or we're never at home because we're involved in 10 different activities all throughout the week. That's my choice. And there is no amount of government money that can outdo that freedom. And I just wish more people on the outside thinking homeschooling might be for them when they get that free money. I wish they understood what it is now and what they're likely about to destroy. Exactly. And I would rather say to them, well, if you don't want to homeschool, please don't. Yeah. So in other words, you know, don't make it about the money. When it's really right. about you don't want to do the thing. You don't want to right. be that extension, uh, have that extension of, of childhood and the family and so forth. You want to call it school, but have it be customized, but have it be this, but have it paid for by other people. Like, just admit that that's what you want and please go pick a school then. Yeah. Because if you keep, if you call yourself a homeschooler, but you're not really a homeschooler and you want to do all this, you want to take this money, you are going to be wrecking it for other people. That's, and that's a more yeah. true statement. The, the public school people who say they're going to wreck public schools. Now, 
let's spend a minute on that. I know we've already, we're already over, but I really want to touch on this because okay. what the left's argument is, is that, oh no, school choice is going to destroy public school. My personal pet theory is it's going to save public school. I think it's going to further entrench not only the government monopoly over education in the country, but I think it's going to rescue public schools as we know them. In other words, as they're currently structured and keep them around for another hundred years in their current form. And the reason I say that is that by creating like a, a pseudo uh, escape valve for where mm -hmm. all the pent up frustration and, you know, anger and everybody's going to school board meetings and like, are you, why are you doing this? By channeling that, like dispersing it mm -hmm. across homeschooling, private schools here, there, whatever, all that momentum, all that energy the, the directed at reform and directed at change is going to just be cast to the four winds. And the only people left in the existing public schools are going to be the people who either like it that way or <laughs> yeah. didn't get accepted and can't, can't homeschool for some other reason, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's going to, but it's going to keep chugging along and chugging along and the pressure on them to change is actually going to be dispersed. And I'd like to believe that's not true. I'd like to believe that more people become disenchanted and want to change it. But understand, now the government can say, well, here's your money. Go somewhere else. And mm -hmm. there'll be at least a decade's worth of private corporations and people coming in. Here's a shiny, bright something else. Here's another yeah. glitzy, modern, STEM-oriented, new age, AI-controlled, you know, whatever that it, plenty of parents desperate for a change will be like, that looks good. Okay. Let's go do that. Or, I hear that's really good. It won an award at blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. It'll just delay further delay anybody's realization that it was rotten to the core from the start. Mm -hmm. It was rotten from the start to say government should play any role in the development of a child's mind. Yeah. It's a conflict of interest. It's anti-family and it's ultimately anti-American because America yeah. is and always was supposed to be about individual autonomy, individual liberty, yeah. and you know, your personal freedoms like freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of association. Mm -hmm. There is no freedom of association in any government approved school. There is no freedom of speech in any government approved school. None of these freedoms exist. Nope. They go definitely away. Definitely not freedom of religion. Government funding it, even if government is yeah. funding it a little bit. Oh, we're giving you a tax break. You have mm -hmm. to comply with Title IX. Mm -hmm. They're not even mm -hmm. directly funding the schools, and they're saying they have to comply with Title IX. Yeah. I don't know what you may be right about the effect on public school. Um, this is what I tell people. I so don't care what happens to public school. It is a disaster. And it needs to fall apart. Now, I am not actively campaigning to destroy the public schools, as I've been accused of. People say, uh, people on the left will say, you just want to shut down public school. And I think, well, I'm not out there trying to do that, but I think it needs to shut down. It is a mess. It's a disaster. And it is not doing America a favor. There's, there's nothing good coming out of it anymore that does America a favor. So if it's falls apart, I'm not going to cry. But that's not my goal. My goal is to keep my, you know, I don't even go to school board meetings. My, my goal, my passion is home education, helping one parent at a time to figure out how to do it at their house and to get their kids out of the public school. What happens to the public school? 
It's not my problem. <laughs> I don't even want it to be my problem. I feel the same However, way. The same way. People is, say the same thing to me. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I, I yeah. really, really don't. I like, I will do try to. <laughs> I will tell parents this thing going on in your school that you just sent me, yeah. but that's crazy and you need to get out of that. Yeah. But is that yeah. really campaigning to destroy the public school or is that me trying to rescue? or help right. save a given child. Like you said, one That's family, me. one family at a time. Yeah. Let me just help you get out of that mess and let the public school system, um, let it implode because it eventually will, I believe I, I could be wrong about that, but, um, well, it, it, it's, it, it would have sooner it, in my personal mm -hmm. view, it would have sooner or it would sooner if the school choice proponents instead of being for school choice had been for education liberty if they had yeah. seen this as our moment covid etc all the crap that's come to light about what's mm -hmm. going on with indoctrination if they had seized this moment and seized this momentum and seized the energy of parents to mm -hmm. to say guys we need to mobilize to get back to take yes. back our education liberty because to your point we had it until 100 years ago yeah. yes yeah i I don't know. And, uh, but what I don't want is for us to be part of that monopoly. And I think that's a really good point because, and, and we haven't even had time to discuss Betsy DeVos and UNESCO and all of that, but Betsy DeVos right. is behind this. And she has said for years that yeah. all public, all education will become public education. It's that's just right. going to be, and she said it, it's just going to be about location. Well, I don't want it to be about location. I want it to be about principal and families and freedom. It's not me taking my school books home from the public school and sitting at the table with them. So much not about that at all. Because so, when that um, is the case, then education is by definition political. It, you know, yeah. the, the teachers are told in, in ed school, I was taught in ed school back in 1989 that teaching is a political act. They're taught that to this day. Yeah. And the only reason it is, the only reason teaching is a political act is it takes place within a political framework. It takes mm -hmm. place at, you know, at the behest of government, at the mandate mm -hmm. of government, and with the funding and approval of government. So when yeah. that's the case, every single thing presented there, every person hired there, et cetera, you can presume has the approval, has the rubber stamp of the state yeah. and must support the continued existence of the state, not just yeah. existence, but growth. Because if there's one thing we know about bureaucracy is it's it's in business to maintain itself and grow its budget from and year grow. to year. It doesn't yeah. sit there and go, how can we spend less? You know, it just yeah. doesn't do that. Government how do we justify spending that. more? How do we justify yeah. hiring more and making more people dependent on us so that they'll never get rid of us? So we're too mm -hmm. big to fail. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, where is your child in all of this? Where are you in yeah. all this? Did you have children to make little wards of the state? Did you, did you create children and, and, and go through everything that that entails mm -hmm. to be legally and financially responsible for, you know, everything that's not so awesome, but then yeah. turn them over for all the good stuff mm -hmm. to total strangers? This is their childhood. It's very short. It is very short. And I've got two grown daughters already. And, and I tell people childhood is very short. You need to spend it with your kids. You only... People say you only have this many Saturdays, you know, until they grow up. But why just the Saturdays? Why can't we have all the days? Why don't we be the ones pouring into our kids instead of the state? Because you may think it's 
nice teacher here, nice teacher there, great coach here. It's the state. The state is pouring into your kids through those teachers with a nice smile on their face. Instead, it could be parents pouring into them. And I tell you what, it's not any easier when your kids grow up and move away. But there's a there's a satisfaction in knowing I spent every bit of time with them that I could. I did not waste it. And I tell you what, it is a good feeling. And it is so short. It goes by just as fast as if they were at public school. But you know that your time was intentional and it mattered. That is such a good point. And they know that they know they mattered, which Mm -hmm. impacts everything else in their lives too. They also don't remember their childhoods as well as we like to think. We remember their childhoods, but I already talked to my kids and they're like, I'll say, I remember when you were, and they're like, no, mom, I don't remember being three. I'm sorry. (laughs) And like, oh, so the time where you really did spend all day with them probably, or more of the time they forgot by the time they enter school, they've already forgotten it. Exactly. they're, they're pretty raw. They're pretty blank. And so if you think like, well, I know they love me because we bonded when they were toddlers and like they yeah. maybe have some deep physiological level, but they no cognitively. No, they don't remember that. So unless mm-hmm. you build new memories and unless you stand out as their primary teacher from that point yeah. forward, but having said that, I want to make sure people understand, cause we've been talking about homeschooling isn't a thing and all that. Those good coaches are still out there. Those great teachers are still out there and there's no rule right now anyway, that says you cannot go and find them and work with them and have your kid exposed to them and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I mean by that is exposed to good other people besides you. It's not just about sequestering them in your house. It's also, you know, um, you get to choose. choosing carefully. Yeah. Carefully choosing all of the other influences. I, I'm, right. I'm desperate to write a satire piece on how my kids are, you know, living in a bubble and they're not allowed to leave that bubble until they're 20. <laughs> but it is about making the choices about all the other things your kids do, not just not letting them do the thing. It's choosing carefully. There's a delay in the video. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, I'm like just hearing like it come through. Um. So what would you, what's your final takeaway then? What would you like to say to people about school choice specifically? Don't do it. (laughs) That's my final takeaway. I just, I, what I help hope to help people understand is that education at home is not school. And if you try to make it school, you're actually going to stress yourself out and, might end up giving up and saying, this is too hard. I can't do it. Um, And if you understand that this is a family learning together, it's easier than you think. It's a whole lot less expensive than you think. And it's so free. And that's because it's private. The parents choose and fund everything, whether you fund a lot or fund a little, it's all in your power right now. And if you give that up because of a freebie, then you're giving up what is so beautiful and wonderful about home education. And I beg you, I beg everyone, talk to your legislators now. If Even if they're not in session, start putting this bug in their ear and say, this will actually undermine education across the board 
It will undermine home education. It will take away the freedoms that we currently have in every state. Let home education stay private and then it will stay good. It is good because it's private. It's flexible and wonderful because it's private. When government gets involved, you will kiss goodbye to your flexibility, your options, and actually your choices. I'm trying to gauge when the, the video is going to catch up with the audio. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. you stopped talking, but your face is still moving. And it's like, I don't okay. know what has happened, but it's okay. It's not your fault. Awkward. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I love that. I think that's really good advice, as is all the advice you've given about homeschooling. So I want to make sure people know that they should go and check out your site at NikkiTruesdell.com. I did post at, as a pinned comment above the article, it does not take 12 years to educate a child. And that also gives you some great information on the history of education in America. So mm -hmm. you can read that. Nikki also has a series of articles in her blog about school choice. If you type into the search bar school choice, you will read some of the same pieces that I read that motivated me to want to speak to her because I read those and I was like, Oh, she is speaking my language. We understand each other. We, we get it. And, and, um, we've taken a lot of heat that she and I separately, we've taken mm -hmm. a lot of heat mm -hmm. from people who are big on school choice. And we've been, well, I've been called dangerous. I don't know what you've been called, but I've been called dangerous. Mm -hmm. I've been told, you know, you're making the perfect, the enemy of the good or my mm -hmm. favorite, Definitely. you just want poor kids to be trapped in their yep. schools. Yep. You hate black babies. And I'm like, yeah, well, if I've heard that once, I've heard it a million times <laughs> from different people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have the same arguments all over the place. <laughs> They start to sound a whole lot like the people on the other side, don't they? Yeah, you know, they the, the side yeah. they claim to oppose. They sound very similar. The straw man argument, the gaslighting. Yes. They read the script. Exactly. So do your own homework. Read what she has to say. Go read what I have to say. Whatever. Make, your, make up your own mind. But please, please, please understand that the term school choice really ought to have a little trademark after it. And mm -hmm. it's it is becoming like the Black Lives Matter of the Republican Party or the right or whatever you want to call it, because it's it so hard to question it. It's so hard to question the motives. It's so hard to question where the money's coming from and going or without having people say, you just hate kids. You just right. want people to chat. You just like what the left is offering in the schools. It's like, how about you answer my question? Mm -hmm. How about that? Be you informed. just don't like answering questions for yeah. some reason. Yeah, that's. That makes me more skeptical. When I ask pretty decent questions, especially people who call themselves conservative, if somebody tells me they're conservative, then I hear limiting principles. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a line in the sand where we don't violate rights. Like on this mm -hmm. side is where we don't go. Progressivism goes yeah. right up. What, what line? <laughs> but not conservatives. Yes. I don't get it, but I'm going to keep fighting it. it. <laughs> me too. So Nikki, thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming. Thanks to everybody who joined thank us today you. and joined us in the chat um, with your comments. I really appreciate it. If you have more things to say, please do put the comments below after the replay. Um, and I will try to address them as they come up. Follow Nikki on Twitter. All of her information is down below as well. Like, share, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you.